Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Safe Space ABA podcast, where we launch into space and talk about all things applied behavior analysis. I am Michelle Zeman. And Mackenzie Welch. And we are really excited to talk about this episode in particular. Um, We're going to be talking about all things fitness and an ABA. Um, So I am super excited to um, to introduce Denise and Shante. Um, they are a part of Path to Goals. Um, I know that Shante is the founder and Denise is one of the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so welcome ladies. I'm super excited to have you here. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for inviting us. Of course. Us. Of course. Well, let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, so, First, tell us the story about Path to Goals from the very beginning up until present day. Ooh, okay, how much time do we have here? Good. <laughs> it's a long journey. Yeah. Um, I'll it, though, but uh, my initial inspiration to pursue this started in grad school um, when I obviously found out that the two can be merged and applied together. Uh, I was heavily involved in sports and powerlifting at that time. And, uh, you know, I have a personal history with um, relationship with food, body image, uh, trying different sports, working with a lot of different coaches. And uh, when I started my master's program and learned about ABA and how useful it could be in other settings, uh, I said, okay, well, this is what I want to do. And at that time, I was really good friends with a competitive power lifter, and she understood what I was going to school for. And so she was like, hey, we should team up together and, like, partner together and do some cool stuff with this because I think you would be a really great addition to what I'm trying to create because she was obviously a powerlifting coach, and she had programming with nutrition and uh, fitness. And so I was like, perfect. Um so we had a, a, a plan to uh, create something together and it just didn't work out. Uh, we ended our friendship. It didn't, you know, and well, <laughs> um, it happened, you know, yeah, it happened, <laughs> but it was in disguise. I mean, at the same time as, you know, we were doing some projects together, I was also developing my own thing on the side and yeah. I was also working full time uh, in a, clinic and then I took on two other jobs or I was actually an assistant coach for her and then I took on another role with team ABA as an assistant coach for them so at one point I was actually working four jobs and uh, well three jobs plus building this business um yeah (laughs) I had no life I was working seven days 12 hours a weekend so that's just like how it works sometimes when you're trying to get places Totally. Uh, and so uh, eventually I had to make a choice. Uh, I had to let some things go and I had to decide if I actually wanted to do this as a career. Yeah. And at that time, I built up a client list of 30 people that I was working with on my own, with my own biz- like side hustle business. Oh, and wow. I said, okay, this is what I want to do. And I have to make a decision. I have to let other things go. And I... Yeah quit all, all the things. I quit my full-time job and I quit being an assistant coach for the two other companies and I went full in 
all in uh, into the path of goals. And a couple of months later, I hired Denise. And uh, Denise and I actually know each other from working at a clinic together. Uh, she was actually my supervisor at one point. And um, I'll let her tell her side of the story. But uh, when I reached out to her, she was an immediate yes. And the business has only gotten better from there. I mean, it was the best decision that I could have ever made with the path of goals because she has just, I don't know, she... I thought I had good work ethic. I thought I had pretty strong work ethic. <laughs> you know, if you asked me back then if I had good work ethic, I'd be like, hell yeah, like I'm a hard-ass worker. But then, like, Denise shows up, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, maybe I don't have hard work ethic. I don't know. Like, this girl is just, like, a working machine. And oh, my so, goodness. I yeah, I mean, we work so well together. Um, and, yeah, a year later, she – quit her job and now she's full time as the lead assistant coach with the path to goals. And I also have another coach working for me as well. Awesome. I love it. I love awesome. hearing about just new ways to apply ABA. So this is, this is awesome. Um, Denise, tell us about you. Yeah. I mean, obviously we just make such a great team now. So thinking back on how I started is it's so wild to think back. So after college, I found ABA just like how, lot of us do. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a behavior therapist. And then I got promoted to a supervisor, to a program manager, all the way to the director level where I was like overseeing BCBAs. And during that time, I was also um, working with Shantae as her supervisor for a bit until, you know, she transitioned down to the field. And I always thought that was cool. I was like, yeah, like help and fitness. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, never, I never thought that it would be a career path of mine. I just was like, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm going to grow and stay until um, 2020 hit and we got furloughed and the field was just, we were all really getting burnt out. Mm-hmm. And then during that time, um, I had my own fitness journey. So I really dove into health and fitness and nutrition and I lost like 40 to 60 pounds just being more mindful about how I was you know, spending my habits and um, just being more mindful about food and movement. And I just fell in love with with fitness at that time, um, coming back into work, the field was just completely different. Um, yep. I, yep. <laughs> so many times where I wasn't being heard, I was trying to, you know, give my suggestions on how to um, improve uh, just our, our the work that we're doing, right? And it a, a lot of the insurance was kind of taking over and... So that's when it just all happened that Shantae was like, hey, girl, I'm, I'm looking for I saw that, you know, um, your your fitness journey and I'm looking for an assistant coach. Would you be uh, would you want to hop on? I was like, yeah, of course. Like, this is something that I love so much. I didn't I didn't think that this would be that opportunity that I needed to, like, get out of my place because I didn't realize how burnt out I was because during the time of coaching all I wanted to do was finish my work and like go towards this like I I wanted to coach I it just was so fun and it was so impactful and so meaningful for me and so I was doing both at the same time and until my company at first they they liked it this is cool Denise is like you know helping people their nutrition and fitness and then until I don't know what happened but they started to felt like they felt like I wasn't doing my job at the agency anymore, even though I, I 100% mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. like, 
things going on. And they told me I had a biography on the Path to Goals website that I was a coach at. And during my in my little bio, it says I when I was furloughed, I felt so burnt out at work. I went to yeah. health and fitness and they told me to remove that. They said <gasps> remove that you burnt out. Stop. No. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I was like, OK, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I was like, oh you can go God. back and tell them that we're not removing that from the website. Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about a giant red flag. Giant red flag. Hey, don't take care of yourself. Like, no. just continue to bring yourself out more. And then, yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we love that, said no one. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. You know, and I'm glad you bring up burnout because burnout is something that we as behavior analysts really like face on a daily basis. And we actually even got to talk about this in our pre-recording about, you know, burnout. And so um, so one of the things that I get curious about is, you know, like what at what point do you feel that somebody should maybe branch out of um, clinical applied behavior analysis and um, and what are like. What is some advice on finding out what that burnout, um, what that burnout looks like or, you know, something along like something along with burnout, essentially, you know, I can't wait for this answer. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple thoughts. So <clears throat> I think we use the word burnout as just like a general term to describe a lot of feelings that we're feeling at once. Yeah. Um, you could be feeling burnt out, but you could also be feeling bored. You could also be feeling lack of creativity. You could also be feeling lack of meaning and purpose and direction. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what has, what the traditional ABA field has turned into is a lot of things that we didn't expect to do as a graduate student. Like, for example, sitting in a computer all day, writing reports for insurance, talking to insurance five hours per day, right? Like doing things that are, have nothing to do with the science oh that God. we learned. Yep, yep. Yeah. Right. And, so, and so I know for me, I I can't say that I ever really felt burnt out, but I knew that I wasn't, I didn't have any space to express any form of creativity. I tried so hard to oh, develop new ideas, new yeah. projects, came with problems and solutions I wanted to create change and it just never went anywhere. Yeah. And so that was actually the driving force that forced me to say, okay, well, if y'all aren't going to help me, you know, get to a place where I actually have meaning and purpose in this career, then I'm going to make my own path. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, yeah, that's what I think about it. I, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure there's are there are people in BCBAs who actually feel true burnt out, burnout. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of other factors that are at play here that could be solved if they had more awareness around what exactly yeah. is yeah. Um, keeping them from living or you know being fulfilled in this career. Yeah, it kind of goes back to that values type of situation of like, okay, so we're not, you know. You're not using like what you said with the just okay we're sitting in front of the insurance or in front of the computer all day mm-hmm. long and like that's not what we even remotely thought we were getting here for and so like how do we align with our values again so yeah that you brought that up um, how have you been t- just kind of bridging the clinical and uh, fitness uh, bridge here 
how have you uh, been able to take what you've learned doing clinical work and generalize it over to the fitness sector? You want to go, Denise? Yeah, I mean, similar to what we did in the clinical fields with like observing behaviors, creating goals, and um, looking at the specific individual and creating a plan very individualized towards that person. This is kind of what we do in health and fitness. It's a lot of figuring out where they're at and where they want to go and a lot of repetition, a lot of like tracking of their behaviors and progress. And it's, it's just now we are using behavior science with adults and health and fitness yep. and nutrition. So Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, and I definitely want to dive a little bit more into like the process and whatnot, because it just it sounds so interesting. It sounds like, you know, there there is a way that you're able to bridge that gap together. Like in clinical work, you're expected to do all of these pretty much the same things as you guys are doing, identifying goals, writing a treatment plan, you know, so we're doing the same thing, except you're using it in a different sector, which I think is just so, so awesome to be able to see that bridge together. So, um, so one of my questions, um, you know, I'm thinking a lot about, um, you know, it is December. It is the about, we're about to go into the new year. Um, and there's a lot of people who are all like, Oh, new year, new me. I have these goals. And so my curiosity lies into the, increase of clients do you happen to notice a trend where more um, prospective clients could be signing up or could be wanting um the services just given the fact that we are about to hit the new year yeah i mean it just depends what we have going on um the holidays are typically i would say probably well, for example, we had just had a Black Friday sale, so a lot of people wanted to hop on that deal. Um, December, it's kind of hit, hit or miss. It's, I mean, it's still the first week, but it might pick up a little bit more towards the end. And then January, of course. Yeah, so there, there definitely are more busier months, but I would say it just really depends on what we're promoting, what is happening that month. Um, we do get a lot more clients when we do things like master classes and offer mm-hmm. like different kinds of uh, resources throughout the year. So, I yeah, for us, like that's just kind of what I, I've seen. It's just it's just varies throughout the year depending on what we're promoting and what we're marketing and what's going on. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And as far as. Um, the struct like what does your typical structure look like? Like do you do kind of like an interview when they come in? What is the structure of um just what does it look like what cut like an intake process for you? Yeah, so once someone signs on coaching with us, they get our the Paths of Goals app and then they get like a consultation form they film out. So we have an app that they we utilize for all of our clients. And they'll get an email with their welcome packet and all the information. And then they get like a meet your coach call. So they'll meet one of the coaches to sign on and we'll kind of have a meet your coach like orientation call to explain everything. And it immediately starts really like once they sign on to coaching, we enter the communication process, the one on one coaching. That is really awesome. That is really awesome. Um, one of the things that I also, um, 
you know, think about when it comes to the intake process is the type of clients that you end up working with. Um, so I just have like a bit of a mock scenario. Um, so let's say um, you have a client that is trying to work on clean eating and losing weight, but they happen to have medical conditions. Um, I'm talking like polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, things that are very hard for um, an overweight person to lose weight. So how do you look at, you know, the client and how do you consider those medical variables on top of their current goals, what they want to accomplish from your services? Do you want to go, Denise, or do you want me to go? Ah, no, I'll go, and you can probably have it. It's funny having four people on, because it's like, (laughs) we're like, we're going to go. We're like, (laughs) 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 and then I'll just add on to what she said. Yeah, that would be helpful. So the consultation form kind of encompasses everything. It encompasses what they're here to work on, and I would actually get curious more so specifically with the goal of clean eating, and I would get more curious on what about medical diagnoses and we do work closely, like we ask for blood work and labs and things oh, like great, that. Great. Um, but it's it's really so like just needing more information and call, and our consultation form at the beginning is just so comprehensive and getting all of that in. And then once they sign on with us, then we just get to know more details. Um, but it always comes back to like where they're at, what are their current habits and kind of all of that fun stuff. But am I missing anything? Yeah, no, I mean, their dieting history is going to play a long play a role in that as well right so understanding what they've tried in the past what's not working um what's their um yeah their hormones and checking their blood work and seeing how we can improve some blood markers along the way and um, guiding them to increase things like probably so for example like PCOS you're probably going to need uh, a little bit more dietary fats, protein, fiber, and monitor, mo- um, manage the carbohydrate intake, especially with sugar. So making sure that you're getting more complex carbs versus sugar, uh, a little bit more fiber, like I mentioned, um, and then movement and, you know, identifying like, I know cortisol levels is really important to monitor for PCOS. So what type of movement are you actually doing? If you're doing a bunch of HIIT workouts that's spiking your cortisol, that's probably not the best. So we might want to shift to low-impact cardio, walking, um, strength training, uh, things like that, that will give you – uh, a chance to enhance your, you know, muscle growth and repair, but it's not going to spike your cortisol so high that, you know, it's impacting your stress. Um, so things like that um, will probably create a plan around things like that. Mm-hmm. And Shante, you kind of um, hit on like hit with cortisol. How did you get your background as far as like, cause this is, this is now we're way beyond ABA knowledge now. So how did you get your background as far as like, um, like the science, the body science stuff, and then merge the two. Yeah. So, I mean, I have my uh, my FNMS certification, which okay, stands for awesome. Functional um, Nutrition Metabolism School. <laughs> so it was a six month long program uh, focused on learning all about metabolism, hormones. I've always been fascinated with that stuff as well yeah. because my own history, um, you know, assuming when I was younger that my metabolism was broken and it's just not working and, you know, really uh, diving into understanding how metabolism actually works and um, the protocols necessary to achieve, like, 
optimal health, really. So I did a lot of learning through working with different coaches myself, and then I pursued additional certifications to have a better understanding on on the science behind it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's so many, you know, there's because there are so many ways we can apply the science, but it's definitely like so necessary to have that competency. So that's that's really. It's really, really great that you have that. And definitely. I mean, honestly, like even with not fully understanding hormones, it all just comes back to your habits. Yeah. It all comes back to your behaviors, to your habits and how you're setting up your environment, because how you get to a place where you have hormone imbalances is through problematic habits. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. You're not sleeping properly. You're not eating enough whole foods. You're eating out a lot. You're drinking a lot. Um, you're not exercising enough. And so those habits lead to things like hormone imbalances. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so it always comes back to behavior. Yep. Yeah. You make a really strong point. Um, I know personally speaking, um, I just to give you an idea that box scenario kind of revolved around me, um, you know, because I am somebody who happens to have um happens to have medical conditions. I happen to have um polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so um in my case, like yes, there is behavior that's involved. I definitely um tend to go out more often. Um I have been through eating disorder treatment and that's something yeah. that, you know, I've I've had, you know, just in the past. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to create like a mock scenario, um even though it is about me technically, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I wanted to create this mock scenario because I, I get so curious about like, you know, kind of like how we can all like work together, you know, coordination of care, you know, you guys talk about getting blood work. Do you guys ever interact with like, you know, the person's OBGYN at all or their primary care physician? Um, and if so, what does that look like? You know, it's kind of sad and scary that most of our clients um, have a bad experience at the doctors or their physician because, like, going to the doctors should be preventative care. However, a lot of people end up waiting until something bad has happened to see their primary care physician, and then they usually get a lot of not greatest news, like very a lot of, like, negative things coming to them, and then they feel really scared, and so a lot of the times – the physicians don't even have a lot of nutrition knowledge. So we empower totally. a client to say, like, hey, like, you're okay. We have the information and we'll, we'll work together. I haven't personally had contact with, like, the actual primary care provider or physician. However, it's always through the client that will let us know information. And we kind yeah. of, like, help with other areas, like the habits, the sleep, the stress, their scheduling and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I love that you bring that up, too, of, like, helping them through that, like, so I'm, for instance, I broke my foot, like, three years ago, really, really bad, and it turned into this whole really gnarly thing of just, like, infections and blah, 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 and then after that, it was, like, all these avoidance behaviors, just, like, going to the doctor, like, for, like, a full year. I was, like, nope, not touching, we're not going to the doctor no matter what, so um, Mm -hmm. just using the science to, like, help them just even get to a space where they can take better care of themselves. So I love that. That's really amazing. Oh, yeah. Even on my end, I avoided going to the doctor for so long because every last one of every last doctor had something negative to say or here's medication to help you. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's another thing. So it's yeah. like yeah. it gets aversive, you yeah. know. Yeah. So. yeah. 
want to empower our clients to be their own physician, not saying that you don't need a doctor at any point. Doctors are useful uh, if you like break a leg, right? For like, right? But like for your nutrition and overall health and, you know, weight management and things like that and, you know, um, uh, healthy aging, uh, probably not the best because they don't really know much about nutrition and the nutritional advice that they give you is a blanket statement like, oh, you need to go on keto or you need to go on a low fat diet. It's like, yeah, based on like, what? Like what's low fat and how long and like what what and do you say? What, what functional then, analysis is in there at all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. These these diet trends, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I mean I I'm really happy that you bring that up because again, this is something that unfortunately, like, you know, a lot of people do go through. And so what um so so my curiosity also kind of goes into kind of like that communicating about services. I'm I'm tying in our ethics code a little bit because, you know, of course, when it comes to communicating about services, everyone needs to know what they're signing up for. So um kind of going into the fact that, you know, your clients have specific goals. Um everyone has an individualized plan. What would you say um, are some of the most common things that each of your clients end up doing? You know, you mentioned blood work a little earlier. Um, you mentioned downloading the app. But what are some of the more, like, common things that people end up doing as a part of being um, being a client of your program? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that we do for everyone is teach everyone how to plan <laughs> and set them set their day up ahead. A lot of people do plan, but not really. They're not really planning for themselves. It's generally like, this is what I do for work, or this is what I do for kids, and that's it. And we're we're not really understanding how to either get to this grocery store or how to plan for your meals. And so we work on setting that up and just setting up their habits and their environment for success in that way. Um, And so that we understand, like, the nutrients that they'll need for their body. And of course, you like at our program, we have the three pillars that we go off of. So we have the 360 transformation program where we focus on nutrition, strength and behavior change. So nutrition, mm-hmm. nutrition, what they need for their body, understanding energy balance. Strength is let's get strong. Let's build muscle because as we age, a lot of the challenges and issues that we're facing in health is as women age, we lose muscle. And so that's where all of the issues are and so we're like, hey, like, let's get strong. Let's start lifting weights yeah. and empowering women with that. And then third is behavior change. So how are your habits? How's your sleep quality? How's your stress? How's your eating times? And so that has really is what we're focusing on um, at a program. Yeah. I love that you mentioned planning, too, because it's like it's that response effort thing. I, I really had to go through this, too, just in my own self-care journey of like you really have to take the response effort out of the things that you're not you know not as apt to do it's interesting yeah it's interesting too something else that you brought up was um women's muscles you know I I didn't even know that like at all but I can see that totally yeah Yeah. you know as like my mom gets older as you know like I get older you know, it's something that I've kind of noticed uh, myself, you know, so it, it's very interesting. Even though I'm a 32 year old woman, I have noticed some of my muscles end totally. up like, you know, kind of not falling apart completely, but they're definitely being worn down. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
we lose about 1% muscle mass every year after the age of 30. Really? And so, yes. Oh, so if you're not actively building and maintaining it, you're losing it. Yeah. And so, which can lead to a lot of chronic health conditions. And um, when you reach perimenopause, menopause, that's when your hormones can get even worse. And so that's when we start to hear women say like, oh, I'm just getting old or, oh, I'm just, you know, this is just, you know, part of it. It's like, no, it's not. You stop taking care of yourself. And that's why it's this oh, bad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. you definitely want to, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity to switch from constantly thinking about weight loss to think about, okay, how can I build as much muscle mass as possible that is physically strong? And that in itself is going to transform your body just by having more muscle mass on you because you're going to burn more calories. You're going to be able to eat more. You're going to feel great. You're going to be more active because of that. And so that's why, I mean, in our program, we heavily focus on strength training because, I mean, you could lose weight, but I mean, you still need to do things to preserve as much muscle as possible as you age too. And then you're going to do that through strength training and uh, diet. Oh, for sure. Well, that is all of this stuff is so interesting. I feel like I could go on forever and I have so many more questions, but that brings us to our first code word, which we are keeping it on brand tonight. Our first code word is squats. That's S-Q-U-A-T-S. Again, that's S-Q-U-A-T-S. Awesome. Awesome. I'm super. I love that so much. Okay, so um, another another thing that I'm thinking about, too, is boundaries. You know, earlier we talked a little bit about burnout. We talked about, like, you know, um, feeling exhausted. You know, maybe it's not, quote, unquote, burnout, but you might be feeling bored or exhausted. Um, so that being said, how do you make sure that clients aren't engaging in a multiple relationship with you from the very beginning of the intake process. <laughs> what do you mean? We're like, what's boundaries? Please tell me you're not answering phone calls at midnight because <laughs> there done that. Here's the thing, like it's a little bit different in this space, I would say. Um, I'll let Denise speak to it because Denise actually works with uh, way more. I mean, I don't really work with clients anymore. I just run and manage the business. Um, sure. So Denise has a lot more hands-on experience with working with clients. But we have a pretty tight community, and we really try our best to bring everybody together to connect and to make the whole experience fun, not just for the individual, but as a as a community, because that's what you need. Doing these things on your own can get very lonely sometimes and bored. And, you know, so we really try our best to build a relationship with our clients in a way where they feel like that they're talking to a friend, where they feel that safe space that they're like, I love my coach so much. I want to tell her when I'm struggling. But then I also have a community of women that I can lean on to and inspire and they can inspire me. So I'll let Denise talk more about that. Yeah, so we're building a team of women with the athlete mentality. So it's like if you're on a team of sports I love and, that. Athlete, so and you have a coach, like there's so much trust and communication that needs to happen. Obviously, when it comes to multiple relationships and boundaries, obviously we what we also practice here, too, is clarity and communication. Right. So we're always being honest with each other. Like once they're able to be honest with us as coaches and a team, 
they're able to be honest with themselves. And that's the most important is that so much of us struggle with that, like inner dialogue in our own head. And we feel so yeah. overwhelmed yeah. and we're cultivating an environment where it's like, be you, be yourself. Like that's what people really want to feel. Most of us feel burnt out because we feel this fear of judgment that we're not able to express who we are or what we want to say. Yeah. And so if you do check out, there's this new Instagram that we made, the Path to Gold team. And there's just a bunch of our out there just like posting about their um, fitness and their nutrition and then lifting because it's inspiration that we need. We need inspiration. We need connection. And that's what was missing in the ABA field currently is everyone's disconnected and everyone is yep. trying to talk to each other, you know, so. I love that. And that I've whole team really find like really brings, it's that social reinforcement kind of aspect too. And the group, like, so I do a lot of soul cycle and like, I swear I would not go. I, I, I'm still go. I mean, I love it. There's the music and I, I love, it. but there is definitely like that community aspect that like holds you accountable and just, you know, has that built in reinforcement capacity to it. Um, so yeah. with that being said, what type of other ABA strategies and evidence based practices would you um, say you utilize within, within your, um, your approach? Um, positive reinforcement just getting like like a lot of that I think just being women and older women in general we don't we have a hard time celebrating our own wins so to celebrate wins together is very positive I mean breaking down goals and habits in like a task analysis form so they understand the plan um repetition constant repetition (laughs) doing when it's hard understanding what the function of the behavior actually is like What are, if you're eating this food, what is the function of this and how can we replace or add things in? And so am I missing anything, Shante? Um, yeah, I mean, it all really comes down to how you set up your environment. And yeah. that's really what we're really trying to do within the community, with the community aspects, with the athlete mentality, with the connections, with the events that we put together. Yeah. Um, but when they sign on, it's like, you're now responsible for planning ahead, meal prepping, and then sending me your meals. Like these are your like antecedent interventions to help you follow through with what you need to do consistently over time. And then with that comes with the positive reinforcement, the community aspect. And so creating a reinforcing environment where they want to continue to keep showing up is really important. That's the time that's time for us to get there. Right. And so, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point. People just starting out like when I had my my small list of 30 clients, it wasn't like that. It was just me and them. And, you know, it is what it is when you're building something. But now that we have, you know, we've grown now we are able we have the financial resources and the ability to create that environment for them um, so they continue to show up for themselves. Another thing that we've done this time around with the athlete mentality is um, encouraging them to schedule things in their calendar for this next year to work towards. Um, at a certain point, weight loss itself is not going to be motivating enough to get out of yep. bed in the morning. Yep. You need True. to be working towards something, a photo shoot, a fitness competition, um, something that gets you outside of your comfort zone and that really challenges you to show up for yourself every single day. The girls and I, we love photo shoots. As you can tell from our Instagram, um, we love, love working uh, towards a photo shoot where we dress super cute and, you know, um, that really helps motivate us to stick to our goals. So we're challenging some of our clients to take that leap for next year. 
Some clients are doing fitness competitions, um, challenges, things like that. Um, starting an Instagram account where they're holding themselves accountable and, you know, living out loud and sharing their progress. And so those are small things that you can do to help you stay motivated. Because one thing that somebody always says is, how do I stay motivated? It's like, we don't stay motivated by just sitting around waiting for it. You gotta do something about it, right? You mean I have to take action? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. No, um, I digress a little bit. I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, something that you said. You have to make it as reinforcing as possible, basically. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, like, you know, based on some of the things that I've seen, um, it'll be like the first month, yeah, this is so awesome. I can do it. And then it just plateaus and it stops. Right. Yeah. And, I know, um, I know also too, like there might be excuses. Um, I can tell you right now, one of my excuses is I hate the gym. Um, and so how, um, how do you guys overcome like those or how do you help your clients overcome those excuses? Um, and, and those like what they feel like are aversions. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's get curious. What what is the excuse? So let's get curious of I hate the gym. Like, what do you mean by that? I think a lot of the times people talk in absolutes. I hate the gym. That's it. Or this food is bad. That's it. We don't get curious on like, well, yeah. what is it? And 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 part of the program too, we talk a lot about doing or trying new things. Like, just try. Like, we don't even know, right? So instead of saying like I hate, it, I'm not going to try it. Like maybe because. We haven't even tried it and we don't know what it's like, but understanding more of where that thinking came from and even like their background of it, we can then better support. Maybe you hated, you hate the gym because you had a, you didn't have the greatest experience, right? Yeah. Or maybe have like a team to support you through it. Um, but just again, getting more curious and how we can continue to learn and develop is something that, um, we'll do. I really like that. It's almost like making your, okay, I hate the gym. Okay, what's your operational definition kind of around that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think a lot about that because even like you mentioned like the bad experience. I mean, I've had pretty bad experiences in a gym. I've also had good experiences in a gym. Yeah. And so I'm looking at myself and thinking about that and then. You know, um, but you mentioned something too: practicing curiosity, making sure that we are kind of getting the whole scope of what does I hate the gym even mean? I really appreciate that. And how do you guys? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, yeah, Denise is real good. (laughs) Make you think about these things in a different way because, like you said, like sometimes we make up, we make these decisions, and we don't even know why or. We don't even ask ourselves, like, well, what could be if it could be something different, right? right. What, what would my life look like if I actually went to the gym, even though I hated it? And what if I actually eventually really liked it? Like, what would right. my life look like then, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we tend to kind of shut ourselves off of those opportunities. Yeah. Uh, so Denise is really good at helping clients shift that perspective. Yeah, like so re- reframing the narrative type. type mm-hmm. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And how how do you guys chart progress, right? And how does that look with um, with your clients and like how you're reviewing it with them? We have the Path to Gold app. It's an app that we'll have, and they get to track all their habits daily. We have weekly check-in submissions, so every single week, um, there's going to be answers to questions, and then they'll answer nutrition 
strength, behavior. They submit it to the coaches. The coaches review it, and then we give them a video format back to to go over support, feedback, and then goal adjustments. Everything is um, what is it? They uh, they'll track it themselves, and so from body measurements to habits to like all that fun stuff. I love I love the self management, the self monitoring. Yeah. That makes me so happy. Like I'm I'm such a big fan of using that. Um, as a way to track progress and kind of speaking of that too. So let's say, um, all of a sudden, you know, someone loses a bunch of weight or let's just say like losing weight is a goal, right? And someone loses a bunch of weight, but then they just plateau. So what kinds of questions do you ask your clients? And also too, like at what point do we say, okay, maybe it's time for a change in intervention. Maybe we should try this approach instead. Kind of curious to know a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. So we take a look at everything. So if it's plateauing, we not just wait. We take a look at measurements. We took a lot. We take a look at progress pictures because you could be developing muscle and whatnot. So again, considering that, however, um, we can see how they're doing with their habits. Right? Did we stop planning? Did we stop getting enough protein? Are we not drinking water? Okay, is sleep quality down now? Because sleep and stress really affect how our body changes. I think yeah to go in and they're like okay tell me about food and movement and yes that's important however if your sleep quality is like poor and you're constantly stressed and your cortisol is really high your body is is going to be hard to so the check-in questions allow for that also self-monitoring because the check-in questions is a little bit more like self-led and coaching on like okay how do we do and what can we do better so what we really want to do is teach and empower our clients so that at the end of this that they know how to sustain this as a lifestyle. Yeah. And that's, that's a kind of brings us to transitioning out. How do you know when a client is ready to just go, go fly free on their own? We never want them to go. (laughs) (laughs) We we try to make them stay. (laughs) Don't leave us. No. (laughs) Um, I mean, well, obviously, okay, so most of our clients commit to a full year, okay. and obviously yeah. our goal as coaches is to work ourselves out of a job, right? We want them to feel independent. We want them to feel empowered and doing these skills on their own, and so our goal is that by the end of that full year that they have enough knowledge and tools to continue on themselves, doing it themselves. But, I mean, <laughs> like I said, I want them to stay. And so a lot of clients do stay for the community aspect and just because I they love having a coach and yeah. because they love the, the brand. And, you know, we have some clients that are coming up on their two years. And so it's not like we're going to kick them out or anything. Like, yeah, yeah. stay, girl. Like, we're having fun here. Yeah. So why would you want to leave the team? I mean, it's Yeah, why would you want to leave the team? You can't leave us. We're going to be down one player. Come yeah. on now. Totally. Well, that community. I swear, you got you guys mentioned this community is definitely something that is lacking in our field, and I really appreciate that you guys bring you know in in your scope of practice now. You know, you bring in that community because that doesn't happen enough. Like, look mm-hmm. at all of the people who work in homes or work remote. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, we work remote, but we're always, I mean, and this is like, this is super fun for us too, because we're always, I mean, the coaches and I were really close. And so every day we like spring out of bed and we're just like talking to each other and like sharing ideas and, 
I don't know, just like talking about new things that we could do. And so it's just been an overall really great experience with, you know, not only creating a reinforcing environment for our clients, but it's just so rewarding for us to, we love working together and we all, all three and four of us uh, work really well together. Awesome. That's really cool. So to kind of, um, to kind of close things out. So, um, I am really curious to know, um, what types of education would someone um, need to have in order to cross over from ABA, um, clinical ABA over to fitness? Um, what types of certifications? What should somebody look to do? As a team, we're certified in nutrition, sleep, stress, recovery, uh, and personal training. So we're personal trainers and, um, metabolism and hormones. So, so there are some certifications that we have as a team. However, someone starting out having nutrition, like being certified in nutrition is going to be important. However, I do believe that just because you're certified does not mean that you're qualified necessarily. Yeah. Actually. yeah. Um, so I always suggest like getting a coach of your own. You, you don't know what it's like to move to health and fitness <laughs> if you've had that own experience with your own behaviors being observed and also going through a change and a transformation of somewhat of your own because you learn so much more about yourself. And I do believe our clients have so much fun and they find so much success because as a team, we are constantly working on ourselves. We're constantly learning and we're constantly having fun and that kind of trickles down. And if we are going to bring it back to the ABA um, uh, field, a lot of the reason why we the, it's we're there is because higher ups aren't taking care of themselves. So it just like trickles down. And so it's yep. just kind of important yep. that we start that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely agree that starting with a, certification that you're interested in if you're interested in personal training start there if you're interested in nutrition start there but one thing that I want to strongly emphasize for behavior analysts is this is not something where like you should transition over if you're just like curious about it or if you're just this like sounds interesting or if you're that bored and you're kind of passionate about this is that's what I see a lot and it bothers me because I I live and breathe this stuff yeah. every single day. This is like my life. This is who I am. This yeah. is I have I've worked with so many different coaches. I have so much experience under my belt. And it's like when I hear behavior analysts say, "Oh yeah, I'm I, I like health and fitness, and I want to see what it's like." It's like no 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 yeah. no no you're not there yet. You're not there yeah. yet. Go through your own fitness journey. Hire some coaches. See if this is actually what you want to do. Because guess what. You're going to have to be the example that your clients need to be successful. And if you're not following through with your goals, if you're not motivated, if you're not doing these things, then what the heck do you expect your clients to do? So that is something I would say that's more important than the certification itself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree so very much. And you you bring up a strong point. I think Denise actually brought up um, just because you're certified doesn't mean you're qualified. It's true. It's true. I mean, I could even account for some, you know, clinical BCBAs or clinical people, you know, just because you have the four or five letters after your master's or bachelor's degree, it doesn't necessarily mean you have it all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You also have to be open to learning from other professionals. 
that was something that I had to learn real quick transitioning over. It's I, I know nothing. <laughs> Go into that mindset of yeah. you don't know shit. Okay. I'm sorry. Can we cuss on here? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is sorry. Bleeding me out. Okay. <laughs> like think to yourself, like, okay, I don't know anything. Who can I learn from? Who's not in the freaking field? Please get out of the bubble because I did not start advancing in this space until I noticed. I'm like, okay, there's no, there's no, I cannot learn any more from my field. I now have to go and explore other different fields to get to where I want to be. I have to learn new skills. And that's yeah. another thing. Too. It's like, okay, do you want to be an assistant coach or do you want to own your own business? Because those require two different skills. And how are you going to get that first client? How are you going to get somebody to hand over their credit card to you and pay you? Okay. You have to learn marketing. You have to learn copywriting. You have to learn social media presence. You have to learn all these skills and if you're not willing to learn these skills, you're not going to be coaching. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, and I love yeah. That you yeah. nobody's going to trust you enough to want yeah. to work with you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that you yeah. brought up too. Is the, it's just that leading, and I think just in ABA, definitely more so in the clinical world, we really just have to be taking the approach of like practice what you preach. Like if you're going to be telling your supervisees this, like you better be showing that example and really leading by example. So. Um, such a such a strong um just point to to bring to everything so um is there anything else that you would recommend um to anybody just anybody trying to branch out um from the ABA and ready or from from the clinical sector and ready to apply ABA otherwise you you definitely hit on some very very valuable stuff yeah, I would say those are like my top things. Yeah. Uh, hire a coach yourself. Not saying to come yeah. to us. Actually, I encourage you to go to somebody that's not a behavior analyst. I want you oh, yeah. to start yeah. with a non-behavior yeah. analyst. Yeah. So I'm not saying that just so you can come to us, but I do think that if you're really interested in seeing what else is out there, because here's the truth, you guys, like we're, we're not doing anything that's like super spectacular and special. People – in the health and fitness industry, who have been in the industry for 20 plus years, who have extensive knowledge in metabolism, hormones, nutrition, strength training, understand how to work with, how, understand behavior change because they work with so many people. Yep. They don't right. need a fancy degree to understand how behavior change works. And so you can, you can do this whether you have a BCBA or not. Totally. Totally. And yeah. so it's just really understanding like, okay, um, I just need to branch out and you know, get out of my my ABA bubble and work with other nutrition coaches and see what else is out there and see what I can learn from other people. Yep. That's so I do want to say that since I recently quit my job this year in March, I wish I did it way sooner. So if you're even thinking that this life is like you're not feeling feeling aligned, you're not happy going to work, you're feeling bored a lot. Life is too short. And obviously, yes, consider your finances and consider what you need to do. But staying at one place because you feel responsible for this job you have is not worth your health because, um, yeah, there's going to be long-term damage if you continue to, to stay at a place you're not happy with. Absolutely. And, you know, you're, I feel like you're you're preaching to the choir here. You know, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are like, I hate what I'm doing. I hate my job. You know, they need to get out of there. And, you know, but also too, like understanding that by leaving, 
you know, or by exploring something new, you are setting yourself up to have to really learn so much more. And so I really appreciate the fact that you guys brought up, like, you know, just because you are interested doesn't mean, you know, this yeah. is the route for you, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point, too. Um, Like, if you hate your job so much, have goals outside of work. I think that's so important because I think the reason why I wasn't burnt out is because, I had really like a strong vision and goals outside of my job. And so I looked at, I mean, I knew that I wanted to do this, but I really looked at work as, you know, work is work. But as soon as that clock hit six, I got some shit to do. And I'm excited about it. Wait, you know, I, I was working with my coach. I was studying for my certification. I was loving my life outside of work. And so that's another thing too. Like, you really do hate your job, but you kind of feel stuck and you're not sure if you want to completely change careers. Well, make your life more interesting in yeah. other ways outside of work. <laughs> it's literally first in yourself. Like, first go to work and then yeah. you get to go apply all the stuff to all your craft and hobbies and yeah. wonderful things. I love that so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that too. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, you guys are talking about like goals outside of, um, outside of your job. I mean, Yes, you know, we're so obsessed with our field and, you know, making sure that we write up, you know, very objective, clear and concise goals. But at the same time, like, you know, we can do that for our clients. But if we're not doing it for ourselves, how can we expect to do that for others? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love it. Well, this has been so inspired. I'm so inspired. So many. This is so awesome. And I just love what you guys are doing and really setting setting an example and like setting the way for how this field to really, because if we're being honest, and I was talking about this with with, um, a colleague the other day, it's like, we're being honest. If the field keeps going the way it's going, we're going to die. So um, I agree. Burning it to the ground. Yes. We're going to die. Watching from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's people like you that are, you know, showing the way um, for evolution. Mm -hmm. And it's possible for anybody. I mean, I don't think I did anything special. I mean, there's people that leave their corporate jobs to pursue entrepreneurship all the time. And so it's just finding like, what do you want out of life? What, what do you want to pursue? What's meaningful for you? And are you willing to work your fucking ass off to get there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm looking at social significance here, you know, if this is not what makes you get out of bed, if it doesn't make you happy, what are you doing? Are you doing mm-hmm. something that's socially significant to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, this has just been a breath of fresh air, but bringing us to the end of our episode here, and we're going to give listeners our last code word, which is bench, B-E-N-C-H. Again, that's B-E-N-C-H. Yep. Squats and bench, baby. I <laughs> 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 I love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, Denise and Shantae, I am so happy that we got the chance to speak tonight. Um, And I know that between Mackenzie and I, we're both feeling very inspired. We're feeling very motivated. Um, So um, where can where can our listeners find you? Instagram, the gram, uh, the Pats of Goals, at the Pats of Goals. And then Denise is Denise. Path to goals. 
So super easy to find us. We do have a private Facebook group community as well. So if you're interested, we post a lot of free content on there, uh, workshops. I'm doing a workshop on Friday called How to Grow Your Glutes. So come and get an ass with me on Friday. <laughs> I teach you how to eat and train like an athlete so you can grow a booty. Um, but yeah, um, if you want access to that, just shoot me a DM and I'll give you a link to join. <laughs> That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I love that so much. Oh, thank you, ladies. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Yes, of course. And um, thank you so much, listeners. I'm super excited um, that we got to interview Denise and Shante. Um, and we're looking forward to the next episode. Stay safe, guys. Bye. Bye.